When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Babe. 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 I'm Laura. And I'm Ryan. And this is... Babe. Babe. to put it on the mic right honey it's come on mic. it's not like that where the sound comes out goes into the mic like if you were going to talk into the mic you would put your mouth right there i'm in like a head shake mode right now I roll. It's so good. I mean, do whatever you want. Okay. That's about to to just do you, honey. So, you do what you need to do. Okay. Well, you might be asking yourself, why did Ryan play that song just now? And I'll tell you. Rondo O'Connell is leaving the podcast. I'm leaving. It's true. The rumors are true. There's been no rumors, but... (laughs) (laughs) No, there's been no rumors. I think for the readers, this comes completely out of nowhere. I'm sure it... I I believe... I'm. I can feel readers crying right now. Oh, I, think I don't think so. Their abandonment issues no. are firing off on all cylinders. I think. I think they're going to be okay. I trust them. Yeah, I think they're going to be okay. I think we've given them a lot of guidance, and I and I feel like they'll be able to weather this loss. I think. Yeah. So here's the deal. I will be forging on. Yeah. Yeah. I will be strong <laughs> in this time. You'll be a babe. I'll be a babe, and. I mean, there's really only one babe in this situation right now, and that's Ryan. Well, I like, you know, I, I'm going to be gone all summer. I'm going to be gone for basically two months. Yeah. And, and I'm traveling. And we don't do mobile. We don't. We just don't, we don't. speak that language. <laughs> so that's one element. I'm going to be gone all summer. I'm coming back basically after Labor Day. And I just feel like. With that, I was just like, yeah, it's time. It's time to move on, do other things. And so that's, that's where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it really, it takes a lot of work for you to, 
do this podcast week to week and yeah. it's a so much effort and it's like talking to the microphone leaves you exhausted there's, there's a lot and it's just like how do you pick up the pieces and how are you gonna like really replace that like that level of fatigue that you experience and i'll find a way yeah i think you'll find a way <laughs> so yeah as if um as if things weren't dramatic enough, like this is the la- this is Ryan's last episode. Yeah, well, we're also doing a bonus episode. If you're a Patreon member, get on board now because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, sure, Venmo, <laughs> Venmo or Patreon to hear Ryan's other last episode. Yeah, and then I'll be taking a little bit of a break to figure out what this podcast will be, but then it will be back and. Who knows? Maybe Jonathan can be my co-host. Oh my god, <laughs> lol! I don't think he, I don't think he would do that. <laughs> you could definitely guest. I mean, I, look, there are plenty of mouthy gays with lots of opinions and glasses who uh, would love. Yeah, to sit on I'm this couch. feeling like uh, I would love to just like cycle in people, like do two to three episode arcs, and yeah. just, like hang and. It's chemistry reads. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm fine just being on my own. That's served me very well. (laughs) That served me well with Sexy Unique podcast. It's going to serve me well with this. You know, they took a while before. Saving Sex in the City 3 is a thriver. So, you know, I got this. It took a lot. You know, Regis and Kelly. And then it took a while before it was... I guess it was Michael and Kelly. But there was was gaps. Mm -hmm. There was guest hosts. Yeah. You know? So, I, I trust that you're gonna... You know, you're going to find your podcast prince. I'm just the podcast princess. <laughs> Solo. Yeah. 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 But you're going to find a new backup singer. Um, no. No, cycle people we'll and cycle. we'll see. Okay. I like the thought of this being all about me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. You'll find so yeah, if that. anyone's listening, that's a friend and you're desperate to hang. <laughs> Let's do it. You think you can do a better job than Rondo O'Connell? You could. You probably can. Yeah. So get involved. Get in touch and let's make it happen. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not worried about. So what are you going to do with all the free time you have now that you're not bogged down working on this podcast? Please well, tell the readers I'm what not gonna all be, you're uh, going to do. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be. Uh, I'm going to be busy for all summer. Mm-hmm. So that will be that. And then when I get back, who knows? It's a new chapter. Yeah. I'll come back for Labor Day, my birthday. And um after spending the weekend in Malibu. <laughs> oh, are you doing that for your birthday? I want to. I've been wanting to go to Malibu for weeks. <laughs> I have felt a pull. I've been craving Malibu every day. I love that you just crave it and then don't go there. It's like because I just feel like I need a plan. I can't just go to Malibu. What's your plan? Your plan, I love that you don't go there and your plan is that you're going to rent like a $7,000 house in Malibu and that's how you're going to go to Malibu. Well, how some else people, do you go to Malibu? Some people just get in a car and go to Malibu and like walk around the country mart and maybe walk down to the beach or like mm-hmm. lay in the sand. But Ryan O'Connell books <laughs> a weekend long mansion on the beach. I haven't booked to go it yet. It's Malibu. not going to be $7,000. Well, I think for a Labor Day weekend vacation rental, you're not looking at like $800. <laughs> <laughs> I think it could be anywhere from like $3,000 yeah. to like 
$20,000. Well, I'm not going to do it for $20,000. I don't God know. We'll sakes. see. Yeah, we'll see. You've done some crazy things in the past. I'm turning... Um, so you're going to go to Malibu, ugh, breathing a sigh of relief that you'll get to Malibu eventually. What else are you going to do? Um, I don't know. That's three months from now. That's a long time away. Wow. You have a lot of looking forward to Malibu to do. Yeah. Well, I'll be gone. I'll be filming. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird because I usually have things planned out so much in advance, but in this business, you can only plan so far ahead. So I don't know what I'm going to do, but, uh, I guess I'll figure it out. Well, (laughs) we're all on the edge of our seat. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Equally on the edge of my seat. Um, so it's your last episode. I guess that means you can choose what you want to talk about. Um, well, let's just get into like what has been going on. How was Oklahoma? Oklahoma was really good. I was helping my mom move. She moved out. We moved out of my, like the childhood home I grew up in essentially and a home that she's lived in for 40 years. And then she moved into like a smaller, just like two bedroom home. That's really cute. And I loved it. And I weirdly like didn't feel emotional during that period of time. Like at all about the house and about like leaving. Oh, weird. I had like, I remember I was in my bedroom. Well, the house had been packed up. It's kind of like, I think I did the emotional work like the last time I was home because we did a lot Mm -hmm. of packing and like selling of furniture, et cetera. But this time I was just in my childhood room, like the last night journaling and I was like, do I care that this is, oh, that this is my last night? Like, how mm-hmm. do I feel about this? And then I realized I don't care. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. I actually haven't lived in this house like permanently for over 15 years or 13 right. years. So it's like, or actually, yeah, since I was, I think I moved out and moved in with my dad when I was 15 years old. So yeah, it was just kind of like moving on. Also, like it's night. Like I was writing and realize, like realizing, like this isn't that dramatic for me. Like it's just not that big of a deal. And it's actually there are a lot of positives because, um, also my rapist lived down the street, oh. so I don't have to go by his house every time. Silver lining. I go to my mom's, <laughs> so I can just go to a new neighborhood where no one has raped me, and that's, that'll be great. That's yeah, that's, that's really that's a, really a great wonderful. way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's such a relief when you feel like you're going to be upset about something and then you realize the twist is you don't care. I feel like it's rare, but I feel like when it happens, it's very exciting. Yeah. And it's like, yay. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I don't have to be. No, it was good. And then we got in the new house and I was like, I mean, I was worried because I looked at some houses with my mom that were very like horrible and Uh like the thought of her, like, I just don't want to think of my parents as living in like a weird place like it really stresses me out and like dark deeply darks me out Uh like we looked at one house where i was like i think an old couple like died in here like i just got the psychic feeling Mm -hmm. that like a serious death had occurred so i was like i can't tell your mom that yeah like mom someone died here i'm you know me like i'm not gonna hold back on like opinions about that kind of thing i'm gonna make it very known that a smells weird and b i'm getting like death vibes so like (laughs) i've communicated that and like I tried to inject myself as much into the process as I could be allowed mm-hmm. and like aligned with her realtor. And like, so he was asking, I think he was asking her questions at one point, like, 
what do you think Lara would think of this? Like trying to guide her in certain directions. But wow. she got a really great house and it was one that she'd been looking at for a long time and it oh, was good. really cute and I loved So it's actually cute. It. Yeah. You it's like so it. So cute. Yeah. Oh good. I Perfect. love it. Love. Yeah. Her she, neighbor came over and brought us pumpkin bread. Love that. Love yeah. pumpkin bread. So it's cute. Um how does she feel about it? She's Was she okay that week? Yeah, she's okay that week. I mean, it's just overwhelming. It's overwhelming to like, I think, pack up your entire life and move from one place to another place, even if it's like, you're not even going far. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like when we moved out of our old apartment into here, it was Mm -hmm. just like, it was stressful and trolly. I didn't know how, I still don't know how to move. Move is like really, moving is really triggering for me because it involves a lot of like common sense that I don't have slash never learned to have. So like, it's like putting a blind spot. It's like basically putting my, like my deficits as a human being under a microscope and being like, haha, you're useless. You don't know how to do anything. So I remember how we moved from the old apartment to here. I would just like take trash bags and like literally walk it over here. Just garbage bags full of my stuff. And it was, um, you're like a Jersey shore cast. Yeah. Member. It was not great. It was not great. I was like, but there must be another way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, I you don't had know. More, you had more. I didn't have much stuff in that apartment because I just. Yeah, moved I had in. a lot of stuff. You had lived there for like five years. But I've moved a lot over the last like ten years. Like, yeah, I'm. I know what to do, and I can like just blaze through. And I also love any chance to like purge mm-hmm. and just like get rid of stuff. Is mm-hmm. like, it ignites me with like a fiery passion. Did so. you see um Butch? Yeah. Did you see Jenny? Mm-hmm. Did you get work done? I got a little bit of Botox. I was Great. asking about filler, but uh-huh. since she w- she was out of town and then came back in, and then when I went to see her, I was leaving like I think the next day. So she was like, "I don't feel comfortable doing like a filler on you if you're going to go on an airplane and like fly." Oh, why? I think if it just if something goes wrong, <laughs> then your you're, eyelid just like it's like well, <sighs> it's like if you have an allergic reaction oh, uh-huh, or uh-huh. like you need to like even it out. Like it's just there are variables that you probably shouldn't just like be like, bye. Like, I feel like I've gotten better at telling when people have had work done. Really? Uh, there's one person in particular that I'm, I'm seeing their Instagram stories and I'm like, they got a little, they got filler. They got refreshed. Okay. Who? And it's no, I'll I, cut it out. You'll cut it out. It's a, well, Bethany from best Coast, She talks about getting filler, but like, I think she recently had like a zhuzh cause she looks fresh. She looks fresh. She looks great. Yeah. She, by the way, it's not bad. I'm like, she just looks really good. Mm-hmm. But it looks like, um, it looks filler. I mean, she's openly talked about that. Yeah. But I'm like, I think I've just got my eyes getting trained or something. I bought this really you, dark. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I can always tell. Yeah. But like, do you, do you agree or do you even? Oh, I don't watch her. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, TBD. I don't know. We'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> I have no opinion. Okay. But I did buy a really fucked up magazine that's called like, I'm going to go get it because it was real. I saw it in the airport. I was like, this is dark, but I'm getting it. You anyway. saw it in Oklahoma? Yeah. Okay. The big reveal. It's called New Beauty, the Ultimate Guide to Cosmetic Enhancement. <laughs> <laughs> and it literally is just a plastic surgery magazine. Wait, that's crazy. I know. Okay, these are the headlines. 15 new reasons to love Botox. LOL. 15? Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Uh, real life before and afters. Great. Facelifts or fillers. The right treatment for you. Five minutes to perfect skin. The laser revolution. 
Hmm. These all feel pretty basic to me. It's pretty basic Imagine knowledge. writing for this magazine. I know. I feel like you could write for it. Um, you know, I'm not going to choose no. to get offended at that. <laughs> what? It's true. Because <laughs> you know a lot. Yeah, but I yeah. want to read about it. I don't yeah. want to write about no, it. No, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, it's just like if I'm eventually going to be getting plastic surgery i want to know exactly what i'm getting into and i love just like researching all about it it's like a true passion yeah so yeah it just Did told me anything? a lot um what, yeah i think what it's are the like little to love botox well i learned something interesting about botox is it doesn't freeze your muscles it actually just like relaxes them so oh. what you think is like interpret as frozen is just like they're in a relaxed state great yeah which i loved that i love they probably need to relax yeah yeah um i learned about facelifts and then realized that i'll probably have to get a facelift eventually well i kind of knew that but now i'm like okay that's happening my grandma got a facelift how did it look great and it chopped like 15 years off her life that she still looks younger for her yeah. age. She looks fantastic. Is this your grandmother who's... Losing it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's losing it. So... That makes me sad that you I would know. get a facelift and like enjoy and then get like Alzheimer's and then forget. She, she, I guess it would be good because you'd be like, wow, I look so young. She, and not remember like a surgery. Well, Does she, she remember a, that she got she, a facelift? Probably not. But she, she got... She got it a long time ago. She got it when she was like 55. Mm-hmm. So she's 83 now. She recovered from the facelift in our house, which was weird. Because yeah. I was like nine and I was like watching my grandma look like... A Teletubby. Like, yeah. Like she looked like the mummy. Yeah. I was like, hello, grandma. And she was like, come sit by me. And I was like, <laughs> I can't do this. My aunt got a facelift and she recovered at our house too. I love a facelift recovery. Like, I feel like that's a, probably a very common like millennial thing where you had a relative recover from a facelift at your house. Oh, totally. And if you w- went through that, please email me now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've always been emailing me. Ryan doesn't check it. <laughs> Babepodcast at gmail.com. The woman who cuts my hair got a facelift. It looks incredible. Love. Yeah. She was so not a facelift person. She's just like this kind of like wacky fun loving whatever whatever like i just like and she really wanted one though and she looks it's it's crazy because she doesn't look done at all Mm -hmm. she just looks younger i mean it's not i don't know it does not look like she's had i mean she looks like she has that's the point yeah that's the whole point that's That's the point of getting work that's good work i mean for people for me and for people like me i assume Mm -hmm. the point of getting work is not ever to look like you've had it you just look like a great the best version of yourself. My dad got his eyes done. It looked incredible. Love. And I think getting your eyes done is like a small procedure that makes you look 10 years younger automatically. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of like body sculpting things Uh that are really interesting and like lasers. And also I've been reading a lot about vaginal rejuvenation Uh and that is like a fascinating thing. Do you think your vagina needs to get rejuvenated? No, my my vagina is very rejuvenated (laughs) at all times, but like I haven't, it's more for, I think older women that have had kids and going through menopause and like a big part of menopause is like sex becomes really painful. Uh And so it can help with that That and like rejuvenates like, you're it like helps you lubricate and stuff and it's just like i think a rod that is stuck in your vagina that has like lasers on it and then it like 
does stuff and then your vagina is like rejuvenated it's really cool when my mom and dad got divorced as a final fuck you she got a breast lift and charged it on his credit card love yeah that's a power move yeah i loved it it was crazy that's incredible (laughs) yeah i know i liked it too was was your parents divorce ugly no it was chill it was like you know obviously it wasn't like like love and light but it was not like I fucking hate you. Like, meh. Like, fighting over the children. It was not like that. It was pretty amicable. Yeah. The only thing that I was really annoyed about was that my mom, um, we moved into a, a house with her and it was great. And then my dad, who's profoundly cheap, moved us into like a apartment on the, on the corner of, oh my God, slash, and, and like, am I going to get killed? Mm-hmm. Like, it was bad. And there was, there was, there was three of us living in a two bed. There's my brother, my sister, and me, and my dad, the four of us living in a two bedroom. Mm-hmm. So I slept, I slept in a room with, I slept with my dad. My brother slept in the walk-in closet and my sister got her own room. Then my sister moved out. My brother got his own room and I got the walk-in closet. So I was really resentful of that living situation. Did you share a bed with your dad? Yeah. That's yeah. wild. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, I was like, what, 10 or something like that. It was weird. That's weird. My dad is really cheap and it's annoying yeah and i was like and like by the way he made more money than my mom and my mom was like an on-call nurse like scraping by mm-hmm. she was like i'm gonna give my parents stability i'm gonna give them like their own house their own room they need that and my dad was like mm, too expensive let's just sit like be in this weird we'll double up <laughs> cuddle yeah <exactly. laughs> <laughs> so i didn't love that but no like i, I it's funny people always point to divorce as being very traumatizing and I don't doubt that at all. And weirdly, I think it traumatized my brother, but not me. It yeah. was MBD. How old were you? Like nine, eight. Okay. Seven or eight. I yeah, a, I was really... I think it's a chill time to have your parents get divorced. I think teenage time can be hard. Like 13, 12. Mm, I was know. like eight when my parents got oh, okay. separated and then 10 when they got divorced. And it was really traumatizing yeah. for me. Well, it just depends. Yeah. Like, yeah. But they also had like an ugly divorce. Yeah. Like in things that I'm slowly learning about and realizing, uh-huh. like just it's like one of those. I feel like you can either go two ways where you're like, we shouldn't be married anymore. And like, that's fine. And you mm-hmm. can have this and I'll have this and this is all chill. Right. Or it can be like scorched earth. I'm going to just fuck with you over every single little thing. And but we're no both going to lawyer. Though, right. Oh yeah. Oh, they ch- oh okay. <laughs> um, honey. <laughs> hey, I'm Lara. Have we met before? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know that your, your dad cheated. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. Well, oh. lear- Hey, everyone, here's a learning time for Ryan to learn something new about me. Um, yeah, my dad cheated, but then it was just like, they got lawyers involved and uh-huh. it just got, it was every single thing was like a battle. Ugh. I think my mom said she threw out cause she kept all the legal paperwork and she threw out like trash bags full of legal documents. But now they're like chill, which like really proves the healing power of time. Well, I would chill not, adjacent. Yeah, they're chill adjacent. Like we all three went out to dinner my last night, just like the three of us. That's and that was nice. really nice. Like it was it was cool. Yeah. And I felt like I had a really good conversation with them. It's like I was able to be vulnerable and like ask them for advice about stuff and like it felt really it felt nice to be like out with my two parents and like feeling like a kid of them it was it was cool yeah sometimes when my when my dad and mom are in town we all get dinner together as a family and it's sweet 
it is. It's mm-hmm. just nice. It makes you like feel like mm, we're a family, but like also like I don't care that they're not together. Oh yeah, no, I don't care that they're not yeah. together. I don't care that like now, like I don't wish for them to be. Does together. Jenny and your mom interact? Yeah, my mom goes with me when I get Botox, and we sit in Jenny's oh, office and all like chat with each other for like Love an it. hour. Okay. Yeah, it's very like evolved. Everything's very evolved and like copacetic and. My next big thing is like, how do I get my dad to do what my mom just did, even if it's just like cleaning stuff? Because he's a little bit of a hoarder, right? Yeah, I think he has like three storage units and like a garage full. Like, it's just like there are problems. And I just don't want to be full of like beanie babies. Seriously? Yeah, like just random shit. Right, okay. (laughs) Like, they're like. (laughs) stuffed animals beanie babies i don't know what's in the storage units i don't even think they know what's in the storage unit how many uh cats do they have now they have six okay yeah pretty good they're good that's a chill manageable a chill, number yeah they used to have what like 11 or something like that? i think at peak it was like 11 or 12 <laughs> and then now it's downsized to six which feels like reasonable and great do they so wait why do you want you don't want him to sell his house you just want him to get it i just want somewhere. things to be like a little bit more stable and clean mm-hmm. because my whole thing now with parents is like god forbid anything happen mm-hmm. at least like my mom's side of the street is like it's like it's not like I would have to go and clean out yeah. her house and like figure out how to sell it and like deal with it. Right. It's just like she's making a move to make it more manageable should anything happen That's or like so, for the future. It's so like real. I know. It's like it's real, but it's also like a real concern. And it's all it's nice that she's doing that. It's really nice that she's doing that. And I just I feel like I've had so many friends whose parents have passed away over the past year mm-hmm. and it's just like this is like where we're at now. Like as adults in your mid thirties. And I mean, obviously it can happen anytime, but yeah. like, but it this gets is realer where, the older you get. Yeah. And it's like, you kind of have to make plans for that type of stuff. I know. So, and I just know that it, the responsibility would likely fall on me to do like storage <laughs> unit, yeah. whatever. So or I'm trying to like everything. Yeah. So I'm just trying to like be, I'm trying to like get ahead of it and then be like, make it known that I'm around to like come and help with whatever, whenever to like get things to a chill place. Do you see your dad ever getting that together? I don't know. He kind of just like growls at me when I bring it up. So I don't feel like he's going to be involved in any of the process, but maybe if I got my hands on like a debit card or a credit card, I could like pay someone to help me just like deal with it. Or me, 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 and Jenny will do it. It sounds like if he's like hoarding, it sounds more like he's just needs to go to therapy or something. Like, why is he hoarding all this Honey, stuff? I mean, he's been in therapy for literally like 30 years. Oh, wow. I don't think it's... <laughs> Maybe it does something, but TBD. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like a... shout out to Tony. I'm like, that's not a good business card for your dad's therapist. <laughs> shout out to Tony, who uh, <laughs> said all my dad's problems are from a tornado. So... <laughs> same love you boo um yeah so i don't know um, we'll i see. i've gotten really into drinking ice blended mochas again so it's i'm gonna disgusting. i'm gonna gain 20 pounds in about two weeks i had i had two in a like i went from not drinking ice blended mocha i i don't think i've had one in what like five years six years it's not like you're not drinking ice blended mocha it's just like you don't drink that it's not like did you have a big ice yeah. blended mocha problem yeah in that? 
I, I look, I think everyone gets into coffee the same way by drinking ice blended mochas, right? It's like a gateway drug to real mocha coffee. Mocha is disgusting to me and has no. always been gross. What do you mean? And I've never understood. Wait, the ice blended mochas from coffee bean and tea leaf? I didn't grow up with that as like my touchstone coffee experience. As a SoCal girl, it was in the DNA of my childhood. Yeah. And it was like, yum, 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 fun little treat. But mocha, I think that's the grossest taste. It's like chocolate. It's like chocolate. And I don't coffee. want a chocolate coffee. I mean, I. I mean, I'm a honey hog, but don't. <laughs> but I am not a honey hog. So I. This is like. <laughs> I know it is. It is. So I. I. You know. Obviously, I grew up and I grew out of it, and I drank lattes like a normal person, even though that's still kind of gross too, because it's just a glass. That's of milk. just like a glass of hot. Milk. I know. Cold. I. I <laughs> an iced glass iced of glass full of milk. fat milk. Okay, sh- no skim. Go on. So then. So then, my friend Jenna Lamia was like. Ryan, I just went to Jones on third and it was crazy. I just decided to get an ice blended mocha and I haven't had one in years. At Jones on third? Yeah. And I was like, I was like, she was like, I had it and it changed my life. And this plagued me for weeks. I literally was like, I want one. (laughs) I was like, I want one. It's today the day that I get one. And I finally caved two days ago and got one. It was life changing. And then the next day, got it again. So now two days in a row, I've had ice blended mochas. And I know well, this can't go on. Where do you get it from? Jones on 3rd. I don't go to Coffee Bean. Wait, is it called an ice blended mocha at Jones on 3rd? Yeah. How big is it? It's not like big. It's just like normal. I don't know. This is, this is like a sweet treat. This is yeah. like your little ice cream yeah. summertime fun. Yeah. Okay. Because I've been, I've been working nonstop for like the last two weeks and I just need a pick me up mm-hmm. and an ice blended mocha is amazing, but it's gross. I know that I'm ingesting like 500 calories. It's just like a coffee, like sugar bomb. It's <laughs> yeah. not my it's choice of like sweet yum yum time. What is your most like, what is I'll that? tell you what I got into last summer, which was like a whole moment for me. What was a, um, Coca-Cola ICs from 7-Eleven. Oh, yeah. You did get into that. That somehow just like hit a summertime nerve or like it scratched my itch. I have been there too. So I lived in this apartment randomly on Curson and Sunset when I was 22 and I was recovering from a hand surgery, one of many. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would get painkillered out and go to the go to the 7-Eleven and get like a Coke. Like I would get the cherry icy. There's like two options, right? I would get cherry or blue raspberry or something garbagey, Mm-mm. and I would drink the, the big gulp of that, and I yeah. would get one every day, and it was so fucking good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy how you get like hooked on things, like, and then you I get think over it's it. Sugar, yeah. yeah. But then you like get over it, but it's like a weird phase. Like, how I long know. did you drink the Coca Cola ices? Probably for like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. See, it's usually like two weeks. Yeah. Dalliance. And then you're like, okay, I'm done. I and then you just you don't crave it. You don't, I know it's crazy. And it goes away. It just goes away. I know. Yeah. But that was yummy. I don't really have like a thing that I've been craving lately. Although a Coca-Cola icy does sound pretty good to me right now. But mm. like, yeah, I got I really know. into dual, dual whip. Oh, the pineapple soft serve. Oh, and yeah. there's a place called whipped. It's on, it's trash. It's on Fairfax and Santa Monica. And I got really hooked on those. And I would go like every day and like, yum, 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 and eat my <laughs> Why? You don't like that? No. Okay. I'm like a pure, like, I don't like like a different flavor like that. Twice a year, I get insane cravings for pink berry, like insane. Mm-hmm. And I must have pink berry and I get like the original flavor. 
and it's delicious. Original flavor. It's tart. Gross. I know. It's kind of gross. But then they have strawberry too, which is yum, 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 yum. There's a really good, like Jenny's ice cream has a good frosé ice yeah. cream that's like that, delicious. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, I went full honey hog last week and went to milk and got cookies and cream again. How was it? Great. The last time you I had it, it was like too sugary for me. Really? Yeah. It was you know, just like too creamy and too sugary. You, it's funny you say that because like it wasn't as good as I remember it being. No, it was like not, it didn't. It didn't do it for me. The it's last sad time. because I love cookies and cream so much, and I feel like all these new ice cream places are like, I have like um, elder bark wood, like, like chocolate, and like it's all like fancy weird shit that you're like, why is this an ice cream flavor? I just want cookies and cream. Yeah, but where do you get that? It's hard to get like a really solid good cookies and cream, like Baskin Robbins. Ew, no. <laughs> what? Just throwing it out there. I want like a shaved ice. When I was in Hawaii, Ooh, I love. Sh- when I, got I was the in Dave's Hawaii, ice. there was like a crazy good shaved ice scenario. Babe, remember when I made you go to that place, Dave's Ice, on the west side of LA, when we were looking for a frosé machine? Yeah, it was okay, but it wasn't great. Why do you say that? Because it was okay and it wasn't great, and I have to live my truth. <laughs> Sometimes you like really trash stuff. What do you mean? You just like have some trashy tastes at times. Like what? Like an ice blended mocha. I know. Or that place. I grew up like blue collar <laughs> Ventura trash. I do too. I, I mean, like a Seven Eleven icy is not like. I didn't grow up fancy. I didn't. I grew up fancy, but I still did like trash stuff. I was raised on McDonald's. I was raised on McDonald's. I ate McDonald's like four times. It's a week. crazy how bad my parents fed me. I'm like, ew. Like, they just gave me Jack and the every day. Like, fast food. I ate fast food every day. That's yeah, I sick. ate a lot of fast food too. That's gross. Yeah. I've been, I've been, um, I've been listening to Michelle Collins's podcast, Fresh Batch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I've just been making, making through at the gym. And I listened to the one with you and, uh, the, the, that other guy, Ben. Ben, yes. And ben Mandelker from Watch What Crappens okay, did okay. the episode of Fresh Batch with me. And you guys were talking about fast food, and I have to say, it, like, it was it, it's gross. Fast food is I don't eat fast food. So you I got triggered not, by that? I don't eat fast food. I don't eat it. I'm all about a sweet. I just don't. I think like if I if I eat like Taco Bell, if I eat like I will feel so sick, like legitimately sick. Don't you feel sick? I don't eat fast food. I eat in and out every once in a while. Yeah. I eat in and out like every couple months, probably. Yeah. If I like am on a road trip or something right. like that. A road trip. That's fine. But like, I don't fuck with fast food other than that. Yeah. So I can't. So it's hard. I mean, I you basically answer. said that. You were like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't relate. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I think I, I per, like, oh God, this is really giving me flashbacks to my childhood. I really ate so badly. So. This is actually disgusting. So my parents would, my parents would take us to school and on the way we'd go to Taco Bell and get tacos. So that could be my lunch. But by lunchtime, because it's made with like horse hooves and chemicals, it would like, it like basically like became like wet and like congealed and like was disgusting. And I would eat that every day. Wow. <laughs> no. Weirdly, you're like the third person that's talked to me about wet congealed Taco Bell this week. 
It's like something that's (laughs) been happening to me a lot. And like, I guess I'm open to be that receptacle for people's like weird Taco Bell journeys. But like, I truly don't relate. This one time I did love when I was growing up, I would eat taco Supreme soft tacos. This is peak white trash. My youth. Um, this one time while my dad was picking up uh, our tacos up, uh, so we could have it for our lunch. Uh, his Buick broke down in the drive through and, um, the Taco Bell employees had to come out and push the Buick out of the way. <laughs> so there was that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just stuff. lived in a, we grew up in a different time when yeah. it, fast food was not like totally vilified. No, not and at all. like it was like a t- great option for feeding like multiple children. Yeah. Like, I mean, I grew up with three younger siblings and we were always going through a drive through we were like McDonald's family. But it's funny, though, because there are people that still eat fast food as, as adults, but I just don't know them. Yeah. Or maybe they just don't talk about it. If I take if I take to the road, I really want In-N-Out, but that's like the only time. A Every milk- once in a while. like A little milkshake? I do. Like, I'll get, like, I'll go full honey hog. The milkshake get, is like, good. A meal animal with fries? Milkshake. Yeah. Animal fries, animal style burger. I love it. Um, I watched the new season of Queer Eye. I I binged it in a day. I love it. I truly love that show. And I think, first of all, I cry almost every episode. And I don't cry. And it's like so weird. I'm just like sobbing the Mm -hmm. whole time. It's fucking crazy. It's because the world is so fucked up and dark right now that it actually truly is like addictive and like a drug when you see like something that is a slice of like hope. Mm-hmm. Like it's like watching RuPaul's Drag Race. You're like, wow. You're like, there is good. Like there's You watch a- Drag Race now? Now I do. I'm I'm fully in. Wow. Yeah. It took I'm him in. a long took time. Years. She was resistant. Took, honey. Me, took me like four years. Yeah. <laughs> four years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Jonathan finally broke me down. Love. It's great. It's, it's great. It's there's a-, a reason why it's one of the best shows and everyone's <laughs> obsessed with it. Do you watch it? Um, I tune in sometimes but it's like i don't have cable so yeah and a lot of my time is taken up with vanderpump rules watching that and Uh, then also like i don't i really like i love like an hour-long drama mm -hmm. and so whenever i'm not watching vanderpump rules i'm watching like handmaid's tale or killing eve yeah i want to watch everyone's talking about killing eve it's truly the best did you finish it i finished it the season was incredible i have to say so uh, uh, listeners and readers probably know I wrote the white girl problems by babe Walker. Yeah. One of the authors behind that book. And I've never seen a babe Walker, like someone where I, I've never had an experience where I've watched something and been like, Oh my God, that's like babe Walker. Like I've watched some things. Like I feel like Emma Roberts has like gotten yeah. close to that. She's babe but never Like babe adjacent, but never has fully been like, yeah. Oh my God, this is her watching killing Eve. I was like, Oh my God, this is babe. Like, and it was the most joyful, amazing viewing experience. Like, Oh good. Just, like, brought, it was like just incredible. How's Sandra? Oh, amazing i never uh, really liked sandra oh and then i, I didn't her. get her and then no one yeah it's so weird i i brought that up at dinner and was like oh, sandra oh i was really on the fence with her i'm like really i thought she was like a national treasure i 
really didn't get Sandra O. Oh, and then I, and that's why I was like not fucking with the show at first. And then enough people that I trusted told me that it was amazing. So I watched it and now I'm a full on O head. What is one thing that everyone loves that you just don't understand or get and it makes you feel embarrassed or something like that? Hmm. I mean, okay. So I was thinking about, you know, Dina Martina, who we saw in Provincetown. Oh, somewhere. yeah. I didn't get it. Or did get it, but like wasn't lolling. And like I was gen confused. I actually thought I was like gaslighting myself where I was like, what is got like, I was just like, what is happening? Like, why don't I, why doesn't this penetrate for, with me? Like, and I felt, I felt deeply embarrassed. I actually like did force laughter because I was so embarrassed that I was not lolling. I think that's because it's not your, you or your brand of humor doesn't go to that place. You what? don't go to like a wonder shows in like, no weird syphil and ollie like i know but like dark fucked up like humor place i do i mean like i think about like the comeback as being like dark that's and not the up. same thing it's okay. a, i'm talking about like kind of like acid trippy like just weird dark like silliness yeah that's you like, don't do that yeah <laughs> no you do i, no, want you, to. I can tell 100 percent you don't i want to do you? No. Yeah, I know. What do you what do you what do you think? Um like Grey's Anatomy. I'd never watched that. Oh, I that. loved that show. Or Wait, like Did you see it? No, I actually never watched it. You would love it. Yeah, probably. It's addictive. It's like you I just watched the first two seasons and I was like, okay. Yeah, I'm I never watched that. Um so yeah, I guess that's not the same thing. I don't know. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, what? I'm trying to think of like a book that I read or like a movie. I hate it when there's like everyone goes crazy for something and you watch it and you're like, I don't understand what's happening. Like, are we watching the same movie? I like don't understand. Oh, here's what I'll say. Hmm. So everyone flipped out over Girls Trip. And yeah. I was like, that's fine. But like, <gasps> I didn't. I was not like losing my shit over it. Well, the thing about Girls Trip to me was that without Tiffany Haddish, that movie would have been actual trash. Yeah. And if that and was she's a, funny. Tiffany's so amazing. She literally turns a shitty movie into a hilarious fucking movie and that's like that's real star power right there because that script and everything else like queen latifah's blogging subplot like it was fucking bad and then tiffany was just like here i am and then it was just like oh wait this movie's actually like comedic genius yeah she's just because of her but like i was not like I weirdly I loved Rough Night like that was like my I loved favorite. it too and everyone fucking hated it yeah I loved that movie I, I it was, was like hilarious. truly lo- cry lolling from beginning to end like literally like the opening scene I was like weeping with I laughter. wasn't really we watched it together right yeah I don't I wasn't like I wasn't like dead lolling but I was definitely I lolling. was dead long I was like knee slapping and left the theater I was like oh my god yeah this me too movie and then it bombed and then, and then it just like 
bomb people did not like it <laughs> and i was like wait this movie was so fucking funny i know and i'm like no we, we me and jonathan we watched it before we started writing our movie for like structure and stuff like that um and we were like wait this is actually really funny and like we don't know why this got unfairly maligned and then like but people i would respect and like comedy writers and like all of a sudden we'd be like oh like started watching 10 minutes of that movie rough night turned it off what a piece of trash oh my god no that movie was truly like i'm actually gonna now buy it on itunes (laughs) just to support because i that was one of the hardest i lolled like last summer in the movie the only thing that was tbd and it's because she's a true babe which i actually don't think we've ever talked about before is demi moore yeah she's a little but she leaned into her babeness in that role kind of sort of i think uh, did you see? I don't know if Demi's like in on the joke or like what's happening. I think Demi's the Demi's a babe. Demi's a full babe. She's a babe. Demi's done things that I feel like the media just forgets about. Like when she OD'd on whippets, people just forgot <laughs> about that. They forgot when someone drowned at her I don't pool. Think that's people forgetting. I think it's just she's a really good publicist. I think she is an incredible publicist. It's like. I, like, remember someone died in her pool? Yeah. People just don't talk about that. No. It's like, there's been a lot of things that have gone down at the house of Demi. I love it when, like, celebrities, like, either murder someone or yeah. someone dies, like, and it's, like, related to them in some way. And then, like, everyone is like, well, anyways. <laughs> yeah, there's no, like, like, that's happened a lot. That's happened a lot. I know. And everyone's just like, Mm-mm-mm. that's everyone's like, forgive and forget. That's like a publicist just being like, anyways, like, no, doing, that's a publicist being like, here they are in Malibu at the fair and like being like my favorite thing. Well, What's in your when, bag? Whenever when Caitlyn Jenner killed someone and they were just like, anyway, like, oh they, yeah, they, they were like, but what, you know, then they were like, but she likes Trump. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, we all really forgot about that. I forgot all, about that. Yeah. I just remembered. Yeah. Brandy killed someone. Rebecca Burbeck, a gay heart killed someone. Um, there yeah there's a lot of people there's a lot of death out there that have just killed someone and i'm not saying that like the oh matthew broderick um killed someone ran over i think a small child and killed him i mean look i'm not saying these people are murderers i'm just saying that they definitely like they get into these vehicular manslaughter scenarios and then they just kind of nothing happens Oof, I'm that like makes me glad that I don't drive right now because i'm like i would not want a vehicular manslaughter anyone no that like, would be really but you're a really good driver. That I'm a good happen. driver, but like shit happens. Shit I feel happens. like a lot of people like it was like uh, in some situations like got rear ended or something and then it like pushed the car forward and then yes. that was like a vehicular manslaughter situation. Right. I heard someone, that's what I'm, I, I heard Brandy's was a legit like not her fault. Yeah. And like, I mean, obviously they're all accidents and it's not. Yeah, but, of course. They're not yeah. like trying to like murder a five-year-old i'm like please don't sue me now yeah. it's just me doing this no podcast. please direct all lawsuits to ryan o'connell and if you need his address to serve him with no. a subpoena i will give it to you no you they're not murdering these people on purpose it's all accidents it's just it's just the publicity machine be like wiping it away immediately um and then they avoid jail yeah because they have money mm-hmm. yeah i don't know Demi's a babe yeah, she's a big babe. She's who do you think is a bigger babe? Is ru- rumor roomy? Like I want to call her roomy. It's rumor. It's rumor. I saw rumor at Erwan the other like Everyone, a couple weeks ago. Rumor's always around. Rumor used to work at Mark Jacobs. I used to see her at Mark Jacobs. Love selling dresses, and I was love. like, what? Yeah, love rumor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's always popping up. Not all rumors are bad. <laughs> do you remember that? No. Oh my god, there's this really really funny like. um 
animator and he used to do these videos like way back in the day like i think when i was living in chicago so like 2005 and he would do like pop culture like animated videos it was like when britney was having her meltdown and like Lindsay oh lohan like own it was like when all celebs were in like peak babe mode and right. there's one where it's like everyone's at the pool and then like all of a sudden a shadow kind of comes over them and it's rumor willis and she goes not all rumors are bad. <laughs> and then like her characters in it, it was really funny. It's really I funny how back in that time, you know, obviously 2007 was the year of the babe and the public babe. And I would say now babes are more hidden maybe, or they happen on Instagram instead of like out with the paparazzi. I think like now Instagram has given people like license to babe out like publicly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. Like, people's babe behaviors have changed. It's not like... No one is, like, stumbling out of a nightclub anymore. No. No one. Like, that doesn't happen anymore. No, you babe out on social media. Also, like, nightclubs, like, just don't exist anymore. Like, I don't... Like, they don't go to them anymore. Like, it's it's, it's completely changed. I feel like if you're going to go out, you go to, like, a low-key bar scenario. Like, I was out last night, and then like Kristen Stewart and her girlfriend walked in like Emma Roberts and like all Wait, these where? people at good luck bar. Oh really? Yeah. Just like chill, like Los Feliz. Like, well, Kristen's always just been like in like, she used to, she go loves to, a Los Feliz. She moment. loves it. Like she was at that she stays bar. in her zone. Yeah. Well, She's she was also stunning. She's she like has one of the most beautiful faces I've ever seen. She's, insane she's yeah. like i mean look i still think that she she's still someone i can't decide if she's the best actress or the worst actress i can't figure it out i think she's good but i'm like enamored with her i'd watch anything she I'd watch does any, like she and I just do. has like a good she just has like a watchable face like it's yeah. one of those beautiful faces that it's just like i just want to stare at your beauty for a long time emma roberts and her are close mm-hmm. i hang out all the time yeah <laughs> love that it was mage i do wow good luck bar that place is weird but i think no it's not it's cute yeah it's not like a throbbing gay club with like frosé yeah but (laughs) i don't love that place but it's not a it's not a cocktail forward journey no and it doesn't have like wine it's like you have to you drink like a beer yeah 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 it scares me Mm mm-hmm she, Kristen Stewart also goes to Ye Rustic Inn, mm-hmm. which is a favorite. Another Los Feliz hot yeah, spot. A little nacho. But yeah, no one goes, no one really, I don't know like what, I don't think clubs happen. I think there's one on La Cienega that people go to The a nice lot. guy. Yeah, the nice That's guy. That's the one they go to. Yeah, but it's like they're... I don't so, think they leave so out right. of the same door that they go in. I feel like there's a separate exit or like it's all very much more like private. Now. So social media now is the club. Yeah. Social media is the club and that's where you babe out and show people how psychotic you are. But like unknowingly, that's the thing like, like before, like you wouldn't because it, there wasn't Twitter in 2007 and all that stuff. Like you would just see people babing out like with paparazzi shoving cameras in their face and fire crotch and da, 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 da. but now you can control your own babe out so you control the content like before it was like paparazzi were filming people right. and that's how you got like the babe content but now you just turn the camera on yourself and say and do whatever you want but it's so funny because now even with social media you think they have more control than they do but they're i would say in a way babing out even harder <laughs> Well, yeah, because it's like they're in yeah. control of it. And they also, but I also don't think that they're realizing that they're babing out. Do you know what I mean? Like so much of like me watching people's crazy Instagram stories 
it is being like, wait, do they realize how they are coming? Like, do they realize how they're coming off? Like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're truly insane, but they don't get it. Or maybe they do, and that's why they do it. Yeah, maybe. You babe out on Instagram stories. No. Yeah, are you, you do. Me? When? You have. When? I've seen it happen. Really? Yeah. Like, what was I just was remembering when you, like, sat and, like, talked about, like, people being crazy on Instagram stories and how it's, like, so embarrassing and, like, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, two days later, you were like, hey, guys. So, anyways, like, walking down the street and it's, like, step on a crack, break your mom's back. <laughs> and, like, I was like, what the fuck is he doing? What? That never happened. Yeah, it did happen. No, it did and I not. said to you, I was like, uh, excuse me? And you were like, mm. <laughs> it's a at the I end of the day really, i think it's really hard to not like babe out when you're like i feel like doing an instagram story is just like peak babe as, as it is that's the starting point that's a starting point and you can take it in any direction it's weird you take it in a babe direction i don't know how people do it in public though because i will try i'll be like and i'm like i can't i'm so embarrassed i can't do it you just but, have to have no shame. Yeah. You can't let any sort of shame or self-doubt <laughs> creep in. And the moment that it does, that's that when is. you're like, bec- that's when it gets weird. Yeah. But yeah. you do Instagram stories too. I know, but I'm like, I'm in control and I don't feel like a babe. <laughs> I mean, I, I was doing Instagram stories based around like my Amazon wish list, which is right. still active if anyone wants to get in on that action. Did the gift stop? They did because my birthday birthday. and everything and like, um, like I came home to a couple, which was nice. nice. I got this really amazing. Oliver got me this actually, which was, I was so happy to get it. The sage smudge spray, purify your body in space. It's a smokeless cleanse spray charged in the Sedona vortex quartz crystal infused. And so it just like clears up weird energy. So you sprayed around the apartment? I sprayed around myself and then just like <laughs> changed my energetic vibes. You could use a little spritz, but what is a uh, what does um, it smell like? It smells good. It smells like sage. Ooh. Mm, how cleansing. much? Wa- how much was it? I don't know. Probably like I think it was like fifteen dollars or okay, something. Okay. Okay. Oh my god! I got that fifty dollar fifty dollar incense that Chris Black recommended. How was it? Honestly. It's like not great, babe. What? If I spend fifty dollars <laughs> on incense, like I already kind of energetically know that an incense that's that expensive is not going to be great. I know because incense, I, I think myself. at its yeah, like at its that core is supposed. I know. Wow. I know, and it clears up bad energy. <laughs> so get your own. You'll go through it real fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of sad that you're not going to do this podcast anymore i know but it'll be good and it'll be fun you'll find someone good or you'll be doing it with funny people um maybe you'll come back every once in a while and check in yeah a babe check in Mm -hmm. a wellness check yeah (laughs) yeah i think it'll be good how long of a break are you taking I don't know. I just have to figure out. I'm like in the midst of doing a lot of like housekeeping kind of business stuff. So Mm -hmm. I'm like starting my own company and um, I think starting my own S Corp and like putting all my podcasts in like that's going to be my company. So I'm basically starting like a media business. You should. You have a now. Yeah. So 
I've been doing all that, which is like such a troll because it's like I don't speak that language, but oh, I also please. don't have resources to like help. It's like I can't just like hand it off, like pay someone to like have them do it. So it's and it's truly like I need to know exactly what I'm doing. So right. I just like committed to it. But it's so funny because like I try and talk to my accountant about it or my lawyer, and uh-huh. they're both just like, we don't know. Like that's not our wheelhouse. And like, whose I, wheelhouse is it? Well, so I like asked my accountant, then he was like, I can't explain it, but a lot of people are asking me this. So I'll just send you a sheet that I downloaded off of LegalZoom. So no. he sent me a LegalZoom sheet. And then I just started doing all of it through LegalZoom. And now I'm like fully in bed with LegalZoom. And it's kind of amazing. That's like, great. You can, you can pay it. Like, so I paid to like start the process of my company, but like then I don't know what's better like doing an LLC or an S corp. So I, I have I questions. Think I'm an S corp. Maybe. I don't know. I incorporated. So I think it's an S corp. I can't answer that question for you. Only you can know what yeah. your deal is. So I hope that you figure it out. Yeah. Um, so you can pay to like start the process, but then put it on hold. And then you get like a perk, which is like, you can do like free 30 minute calls with like tax professionals and oh, lawyers. Great. So then you just ask them all the questions you need and then they help you. So it's like, I'm fully understanding becoming a business woman. Good. So like, I just am, I'm probably going to take like a few weeks of a break and like, cause I need to like build, I need to like build a bigger and better website that like includes all my podcasts on it. And then like, I don't know. There's just like work to be done and housekeeping and like get it, the getting of shit together. So I incorporated and it's so annoying because, uh, I got paid from my vice pilot and they were like, um, sorry, we're not actually doing any like loan at corporation. So I have to pay you as an individual. And I was like, okay. And then with special, I'm, I might, because the job, I started getting paid for that job before I incorporated. I might just be paid entirely as an individual. So I might have truly incorporated this year for no reason. <laughs> your incorporation journey is, is really your insane. own journey. But I mean, it's fine. It, and if, even if it's this year, whatever, it's like, it's a long term investment. So it's like, I'm going to get another job and then I'll get paid through the corporation. It's just annoying because it was expensive and, you know. Yeah. The good news about like doing it through a place like LegalZoom is you don't pay like premium prices to do it. And then you just like so much money. You just have to like, I mean, you have to just be able to sit down and like devote the time to like figuring out what the fuck anyone's talking Mm -hmm. about. And for me, it's like, I truly at this point have no qualms in getting on the phone with some professional and be like, just so you know, I'm going to ask probably the same question four or five times so that I just like understand it and like, we'll go from there. So it's actually great because like in the past, I think I made a lot my biggest mistake was anything that had to do with like money or business stuff. I was like, I'm a creative. I do the writing and I do this and I do that. And I'm funny and I don't do business. Someone else can handle that. And then by choosing to let someone else handle that the entire time, I ended up fucking myself. So You just should always, if you are trying to learn, it's better to just learn than just like pay someone and like worry about it later. It's like good to know exactly like what the fuck you're doing. I keep such good track of my um, spending now. Like I have like like a whole vlog. I love it. It's like an exciting thing. And I got a bookkeeper because I said I needed one. And then she was like, okay, we're going to go once a month over your stuff. I never heard from her again. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, where is she? Do you have to pay her? Yeah. 
Oh my God, Ryan. I know. It's hilarious. But but I don't even need her because I keep such a good record of well, all the stuff. Maybe you should stuff. fire her then. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if she's hired. I'm confused. I thought I was working with her, but I don't know if I am or not. We haven't talked. <laughs> what a journey for you. Well, you'll have a lot of free time to figure that out too. <laughs> I will. It's true. Um, Let's do some reader mail because oh, we yeah. have a lot of it. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Lara and Ryan, SUP was my gateway drug to all Lars Marie content, and I'm the better for it. I work from my home office and spend hours alone at the computer with you in my ears, so much so <laughs> that I've started taking on Lara's speech patterns in many of Ryan's words, like Franz, etc., much like Madonna whilst in Britain. Please help me bridge an ideological gap. I have never felt the desire slash biological pull to have kids. Children have been a sticking point in love relationships as per. In my late 30s, I started dating younger to get the pressure off of baby making until the perceived choice was off the table. I've heard I'm a freak, a woman with no maternal instincts, selfish. I'm an only child, which was rare in the 1970s, and my mom always told me wanting a child and having a child are very different. I borrowed money from her yesterday, so she has a valid point. Question. Do you have female friends that do not want to have children? If yes, please share their experience with that choice. Um, um, as far as women that don't want to have kids. A lot of my girlfriends don't. Yeah. I would say it's 50-50, honestly. Yeah. I like find myself really on the fence about it because it's like, on one hand, like I definitely feel like a biological pull to just like... It's like I see a little baby and something mm-hmm. happens within me that I can't explain where it's Stirring. just like, yeah, I want that. Yeah. Like, And the thought of having a family is really nice. Like I get it. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, I don't know. Like I wish, I think, I think my biggest goal is to set myself up for a future where money doesn't have to be an object mm-hmm. to things like that. So it's like. I can get to an age where I have enough money and if I want to have a kid, I'll have a kid. Absolutely. But like, I want to be able to give myself that opportunity and not have it taken off the table because I didn't plan my life well enough. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I stand. I'm not like, it's not a make or break thing, but like that's definitely now I realize more of a priority than it has been before. And I'm not like, I'm not tied to the idea of having like, a biological child like adoption is something i've always been interested in from like a young age so i'm like really open to all possibilities i mean a lot of the conversations i have with my girlfriends like they're very career driven so it's actually put them in a fucked up position where they don't want to have kids now they want to have kids when they're 40 but when they're 40 they're not going to be their fertility rates like completely drop so they're in this situation where they're just like it's a negotiation of like well i don't know what to do because i don't want a kid now but Again, after the age, I think of 35 or something, like the, like the ability to have a kid goes down steeply. So they, I think they just feel really torn and confused. Yeah. I mean, that's like the, that's kind of like the fucked up part about it is like being 34 or whatever. It's like Mm. around the corner, but. I mean, I don't know, maybe like some, maybe I'll freeze my eggs and then get a surrogate or like, there's a lot of different options or adopt. So I'm open. I would love like a little version of myself. That would be great. Not going to lie. 
Dear Lara, I listened to a British etiquette podcast, Don't Ask, on which they mentioned a show called Naked Attraction. So I Googled it and watched an ep, and it's fucking insane. <laughs> on the show, a, con- a contestant is given six potential dates who are completely naked and whose bodies are progressively revealed in rounds. Each time <laughs> a portion of the bodies are revealed, the contestant critiques each of them and then makes a cut. For example, a woman and the audience sees the lower half of six men, discusses which dick she likes and doesn't like, and then cuts one of the guys. This goes on until the faces are revealed and there are two potential dates left. Then the contestant gets naked and then they all talk about each other's bodies and the contestant picks one to go out with. I can't tell if I find this show incredible or extremely problematic or both. Whatever it is, all I could think while watching was babe if you have time i recommend watching it here's the link love and light oh <laughs> my fucking god forward me that i cannot wait to watch that that sounds amazing that is my worst nightmare to be a contestant on a show like that yeah but i or on any my show biggest dream to watch totally so, Hi, Lara. Do you mind if I ask you how you find therapists? I work for a big corporate company and have shit insurance that covers no psychiatric care. Every doctor I've called has a $300 new patient fee too, which is some BS. So curious what websites you've used. Try not to pay out the ass either, like $50 a session or less. Thanks. Chrissy Malazzo has that thing. What's, yeah, what's there's the... a there's a document I can post a link to um, that's like affordable therapy options in your state. And mm-hmm. so that will give you some options of therapy that takes like sliding scale. Um, that's probably the best bet if you're looking to pay that low of a fee. But sometimes if you call around, like I call, I got a therapist recommendation this week and then I called to see if she took my insurance and she didn't, but she did say she would give me like a discounted rate, which is still like not, it's like not doable for me. But like that just goes to say that I think therapists are willing to kind of work with you and you might be able to find some that won't do the $300 new intake, like blah, blah, blah. So you just have to be willing to like you gotta really look. research it and look and meet with people. You have to view it like dating, kind which is of. so fucked up. Because when you're getting therapy, like I feel like you're looking for any excuse to, to kind of bail out. So if it becomes overwhelming, you're just like, well, whatever. It, you know what I mean? It's so it's so vulnerable going to that place anyway. That if there's any kind of speed bump, it's just sort of you know, it's just unfortunate. Yeah, it's just annoying. So and it like it's frustrating, but you just kind of have to like push through it. Yes. Like, I don't know what my next step is, but it's probably looking up. I don't know. Just like you might even, ugh, God, that's such a troll that your job doesn't cover any. I know. Jesus. It's not fair. I don't know what to say about that. Get a new job. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lauren Ryan. I'm writing you because I recently opened my notes section in my phone today and rediscovered a bunch of painfully babe poetry that I had written over the past year. I currently am in a much more babe position and looking at it makes me feel so truly unsoothed. One, because I realize how bad I am at writing poetry and two, because the true depths of my babe crisis was just laid out in front of me and it was not a pretty sight. I feel like Ryan will be able to relate to this story after hearing the story of his teen trash boyfriend. (laughs) I had a friend over the past two years who's the first person I've ever truly babed out about. We met at work and he was an absolute vision of beauty and a lawler to infinity. The moment I saw him, I knew I would do 
I would have to do anything in my power to make him mine. So I slowly worked my way into his life, sabotaging the crush he had on my coworker by befriending both of them and then talking mad shit behind both their backs until he literally hated her guts. I weaseled my way into his friend group until not a weekend passed that I wasn't hanging out at his house, lolling the night away with all my newfound friends. I faked car trouble during that winter so we'd have to carpool to work together, a trend that continued after the snow melted. We'd hang out after work most days and go get dinner or beers together. We would wrestle drunkenly and he would tell me I was his best friend, but I wanted more and I thought he did too. Wait, a best friend to wrestle. I finally got up the nerve to tell him how I felt about a year ago and while brownout drunk laid it all out for him. He said he didn't know, but he didn't want to ruin our friendship. So rejection. Fast forward six months later and I'm still obsessed writing drunken poetry in my phone about him during our nights out while watching him flirt with other girls at the bar in front of me. I would constantly check his location on Snapchat and happen to run into him from time to time. It's a small city I live in. Totally plausible, right? Finally, enough was enough. I just knew I would literally never get over this person, even if he spit in my face and told me he'd never love me. I decided to change my life, and I got a job in Alaska for the summer, uh, over 3,000 miles away from this person. Oh! Since then, I've finally begun the journey towards discovering my truth, becoming a park ranger, and feel as though I'm leaving the babe days of my past behind. The one truly mind-boggling thing is that before I left, I had a going-away party during which we had sex. After two years what? of nothing... I feel well on my way to getting over this person, but I want to know if you have any advice for truly getting over a person. I barely have Wi-Fi here and no service, so we haven't talked at all since I've left two months ago, but I'm scared that when I return, I might be inclined to slip back into my babe ways. Help! Love the pod. Y'all keep me company during the endless Alaskan days. P.S. While trying to look up your website on my government computer, I was blocked. Apparently, the government considers your website pornography. Their take, not mine. Lol. I love that. I love a. I love being exiled to Alaska to get over a bow. Yeah, or a crush. I love your pivot to park rangerdom. I love that too. There's see in every email. There's a weird pivot. Yeah. I, I did not see Alaska or park ranger coming in. That no, email. and I love that. I mean, I think the only way to get over someone is time. It's just time and the time for sure. And then honestly, um, getting into a good relationship helps. If you, like, obviously that's not always an option. Uh, but you know, time is the only thing really yeah and yeah and you just have to kind of be you have to summon your inner strength and really know what decisions are going to be good and bad for you so like yes if you know that seeing this person is makes you feel like shit or if, like i don't know how you felt after you had sex with him but i feel I know, like it's kinda, okay i don't know it's kind of crazy that that happened by the way but i get like the it's like i get the I get why it happened. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's over. I'm leaving and now I'm in a fuck and then I don't have to like deal with this. Yeah. But like, you probably will have to deal with it if you see him again and like get I mean, back and you're Alaska's only a band aid on this like much larger issue. So you, you have to decide what is best for yourself and then you have to decide if you're going to stick to that or not. Yeah, because I feel like being 3,000 miles away, it's it's easier to get over him because he's not there. It's like kind of like going to rehab for like, it's like it's easy to stay sober when you have all these things in place to keep you sober. But then when you're out in the real world, you have to have tools that you can use to abstain. Yeah. And you have to be like, drinking or drugging ruins my life. So I'm going to yeah. choose to be sober for this one day and then do that consecutively and like maintain that kind of lifestyle. Much easier said than done, but is very doable. Yes. Hey, Lara and Ryan. 
Hey, Laura and Ryan. Fuck oh, you. my God. I'm riding with a Still. babe. Emergency. I think this is a troll, obviously. Oh, okay, okay. A true queen and a dear friend, Julie Miller, recently suffered through a terrible kitchen nightmare. Long story short, her hot bot is now covered in even hotter burns, and I'm hoping her fave podcast host will read this message so my bedridden sweetie can feel the love. Julie, you are love, you are light, you are the lawless lawler in Toronto. I live for your vlog, sleuthing, and your undying stand for Happy Cup, no matter how dark and TBD that bar may be. Thanks for <laughs> providing endless laws and for giving me the strength to tell 30-year-old emo men to get fucked for claiming he ever touched me in a sexy way. You are my forever babe. Please heal up soon so we can fill our baby bottles with vodka to witness Lala Kent's film debut. Blessings to you all. Oh, oh, Julie. Yeah, Julie, honey. Hun, it's going to be okay. You can get through this. Yeah. It's a shitty thing, but shitty things happen all the time. Totally. And this is just a test to prove that you are stronger than and yesterday. Or what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. stronger. It's like <laughs> Kelly <Pink>. Clarkson. <laughs> Pink. No. <laughs> um, Get well soon, Julie. You sound like a lol and a half. And if I ever come to... Toronto. Toronto... Let's hang. <laughs> Ooh, here's a good one. Eat, pray, meth. <laughs> hey, Lauren Ryan. I'm 25 and going through a tough period in my life. Your podcast and sub have consistently gotten me through the real blue patches when I can't leave bed, but I'm desperate for lols. A lot of my current issues stem from my decidedly not cute addiction to crystal meth. Immediate babe red flag that started fall 2014, my senior year of college. At the time, I knew meth wasn't exactly the chicest drug, but it was also becoming aware of its prevalence in the gay sex party scene, as well as the gay community in general. I first used it as a semi-orgy moment, thinking I could just try it once, but of course, things got worse from there. I attended one of the top public universities in the country and finished my fall semester and then didn't finish winter semester, meaning I didn't graduate due to the impact the drug was having. While all this was happening, I was maintaining a very active social life, going out three plus nights a week and deluding myself into thinking my problems would be resolved later when, of course, later never came. I was called in by a counselor a month before graduation and confessed I was having a rough time but did not come clean about the biggest issue at hand. I was so ashamed over my drug use and specifically my use of meth, which has such a classic classist stigma attached to it that I did not come clean to a single person for three full years and after I first started using friends family even a couple therapists I tried seeing no shocker why those didn't work out I knew telling the truth to even one person from my real life would topple into telling everyone and this thought petrified me Looking back, I came out as gay relatively early in life, 16, and while I thought this meant that I had dealt with all of my problems, it really was just the start of a vicious cycle where I repressed, 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 and lull my way through life without a care in the world until suddenly I can't and everything is funneled through the slight poked hole in my facade. Growing up gay taught me how to repress my truest self, and I found a way to re-implement those skills for hiding my addiction from the world. Also, I deflected any and all instances of drug use because I truly have never enjoyed smoking weed and found it that it never gave me what I saw so clearly giving most of its users. This allowed me to pretend that I had tried drugs and they just weren't for me. Case closed. I hit bottom last fall after a full weekend long binge that was so intense it took me four days to recover from. I missed work and withdrew so completely from friends that I knew my normal bullshit excuses were finally not going to suffice. Part of the reason I was so terrified to tell anybody my addiction struggles was because both my best friend in high school, a straight white guy who has since come around in a huge way, and my dad, our relationship is still extremely fractured, had such an overly negative reaction to my coming out. 
This instilled extreme trust issues in me that I'm still struggling with. Luckily, once I came out to friends and family, they were incredibly supportive. They were also genuinely shocked. I put a lot of effort into my physical presentation, hold a managerial position at my work. A year after I first started using, I got a job at a local art house, movie theater, concert event venue. And within 10 months, I was promoted to manager, a job I'm still working to this day. I love it there for now. And I'm lucky it has been very accommodating of my mental health and sobriety journeys. And I put a lot for, and I put a lot of effort into being on around others. Things are finally looking up with a job I love, a supportive network around me, and finally a willingness on my end to actually deal with my shit in a real and meaningful way, although none of this has stopped me from relapsing a couple times over the past few months on my journey to a sober life. I guess all of this is leading to me asking if you have any tips on vulnerability with yourself, friends, family, coworkers. I find it so hard to be vulnerable with others and never know the correct amount of information to share with others and always feel like I'm burdening people when I'm not being my silly on self. I draw so much strength from both your willingness to openly address your mental health issues head on yet continue to find the laws in almost any situation. I realize this email has like zero jokes in it, but such is life when I'm in the picking it up portion of living, loving and picking it up. Sorry that Ariana Grande tweaked yet perfected your mantra. Love you both. Oh, babe. Gosh, I love you. I love him. And it's all going to be okay. Yeah. Honesty is the first step of like, getting over shame yeah being being vulnerable i mean i i really relate to it because i think about being in my 20s and how i concealed having cerebral palsy and i also was on drugs like every day and i had this job though that required me to be vulnerable all day long and i feel like that was like sort of my means of survival and it was just interesting that i would be so honest about so many areas of my life and then not be honest about certain like this one big area and i think that was like what i had to do to keep going otherwise i would have just gone completely off the deep end maybe it was like a means of survival or something I don't know. But anyway, it's really, really hard being vulnerable. But when you see it creating a lot of problems in your life, to me, like, to me, there's a lot of fear in being vulnerable. And then when you are vulnerable, typically, you're like, oh, these fears were unfounded. Now, because his dad didn't accept him and because his best friend, Rude, was like, not good about his coming out journey, I'm sure he probably has trust issues. And that's why he is reticent to be vulnerable. But I would say by and large, people really won't judge you and really won't care that much. A lot of it is in your head. And I said this before in the podcast where you really have the ability to take something and turn it into a huge, massive thing, or you can turn it into a little small ant of a thing. And um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I echo that entirely. And I think that like the more you talk about something, the less power it has over you. Yes. And like, you being able to be honest about your meth journey is like, is just the first step. And then in rebuilding your life in the way you want to see things, like yeah. it feels really painful to talk about now. Cause you're really close to it and you're like processing, but the more you talk about it and the further away you get from this exact moment, the more like it will just not be that big of a deal to you. Like it's always going to be a huge part of your life because that's like your life journey at this point. But like the further away you get from something, the more laws you find in it. And Mm -hmm. the more you're able to just be like, whoa, that's fucking crazy. Or like, it just becomes less of a thing that it becomes less of like this defining factor of who you are. And like who you are is not, you're not like, 
who you are is like not a meth head. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you've done meth and you were addicted to it, but that doesn't make you a bad person. That doesn't define you. It's just like an experience that you had in your life. Also, the twist is, is that you have the power, not meth. Like how I felt like CP had so much power. It didn't. I had the power, you know? Yeah. And give things too much power. Yeah. And like, I really, I, I relate to this in the sense that like I wrote about an experience I had like doing meth with one of my stepmoms. And during the process of that, it was like the writing process was like so easy breezy. And I'd like told it the story at like a storytelling show and like truly just was like live, laugh, lol meth. But then the day that it was published, I literally had like a meltdown yeah. and it was like, it just felt like so it felt like I exposed some really deep, dark side of myself to the world that I like wasn't really ready for. And then it, it brought up a lot of other things and a lot of other fears and a lot of other issues that I've had to deal with since then. And so it turned out to be a really good thing in the end. Yeah, and like people loved that piece. Yeah. But it's not even about the piece. It's just right. like everything that kind of came from that. And it, but like, you're you're making decisions that are like becoming catalysts for the rest of your life and like getting things back into a place where you're going to thrive yes and so love and light to you yeah you're also a really good writer yeah so think about that (laughs) think about that write a book about meth i'd read it me too (laughs) i love a drug memoir um all right well all right I guess this is it. This is it. Swan song. Anything you need to say? No, I just, uh, you know, thank you for going on this journey of babe. It's been fun. And I'll be back. You know. Yeah. We'll see about that. <laughs> or not. Um, <laughs> if you would need to write me an email, you can do so at babepodcast at gmail.com. Oh, and the merch is still coming out. The merch is, well, the merch is sold out now, but if you bought it, it's still, it's happening. So there's going to be, um, it should be shipped to you within like six ish weeks, but just I'll keep you posted. If you have any questions about it, you can also email babepodcast at gmail.com. Hopefully there will be more merch coming from me for this podcast and mm-hmm. also for like other stuff. So stay tuned for that. Follow the pod on Instagram at babe podcast. And uh, if you love this podcast and want to help support the journey, you can do so by rating it five stars and leaving a glowing review. I'll still read them. And uh, yeah, if you want to start a justice for babe movement where you like demand to get Ryan back on the pod, I know he really loves attention. So he'll love any sort of social media outrage that would like encourage him. No, I think people are going to be relieved. So, so (laughs) that's that. And if you're a patron, you have a bonus episode coming your way. So keep an eye out for that. And then as far as the Patreon goes, I don't know. I'll be, I'll be announcing what's going to happen with that, uh, on Patreon. So just stay tuned. And, uh, yeah, love and light. It's not over. It's just changing yeah. and it's changing for the best. So like life, <laughs> know that. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.